This is the Kawabui Show. Kawabui is an author, international speaker, and entrepreneur. He started his first business selling music CDs in high school at the age of 16. He then went on and built several businesses. He is the founder of River Design, a marketing company that helps businesses get more exposure online and offline. He has appeared on TV, radio, newspaper, and magazines from around the world. He has written and published several books and created various products. Kawabui is also an international speaker, corporate trainer, and speaks on topics of business, entrepreneurship, motivation, health, marketing, and online business. You could check out his blog site at www.kowa-bui.com. And now, your host, Mr. Kowa Bui. Mr. Kowa Bui. How's it going? It's Kwa here, and in this podcast, I'll be interviewing a man named Robert Tadros. He is the founder and managing director of Impressive Digital. This is based in Melbourne. What's really intriguing about Robert is that he was able to start his business in 2016, and three years later, he was able to pull in revenue of over $10 million. So that's very impressive. He's originally from Egypt and he immigrated over to Australia. So he's got a very strong work ethic and he's also very young. He's in his early 30s. He's very driven. He's very competitive. And what really um, is interesting about this podcast is that you get to delve into the mindset of uh, Robert. As you know, social media, internet, platforms online, it's all changing. It's its all changing and um, Robert, he's the one that's looking over the entire spectrum. He's adapting to it and he's providing these uh, solutions over to his clients. So, so I think you enjoyed this podcast and uh, be sure to check it out and let me know what you think. Let's go say hello to Robert. Thanks. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey man, I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. How's everything? I'm actually, I'm literally, actually, just Lewis. I'm setting up a podcast for us for this afternoon. Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. We've got our um, we've got our own podcast called the Impressive Digital Marketer. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So setting it up. Yeah. So, there you go. Oh, there it is. Oh, now I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Should nice. I thought my um, I thought my video was on this whole time. No, no, no. I had no idea. Now I can see it. Oh, cool. Before we get into impressive digital and your mindset and you know your advice to startups and so forth, um, for those who don't know, I was wondering, could you tell us a bit about your background and how you know um, where you came from? Because I think you're originally from Egypt and then you moved over to Australia. So could you start off with just the background first, and then we'll get into the entrepreneurship? Yeah, well. absolutely. Look, I'm yeah. um, so my, my parents uh, decided to make the move from Alexandria in, in Egypt uh, when I was ten years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we landed on my tenth birthday in 1995 there you go i've just given away my age there you go um, <laughs> um and you know educated parents dad was a uh, in commerce uh, was an accountant mom's a pharmacist um you know as like any migrant company uh, uh immigrant parents that come here and it's you know it's 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 a hard gig right it's, it's hard mm. leaving your family yeah. behind and your friends and, and, and moving your entire um, you know, your entire family over to, to, to Australia. So, um, yeah, look, ca- came over here and um, I went through, you know, schooling, which again was a little bit hard when you're when you're not from here, right? It's always a bit of a challenge just adapting and, and really just fitting in. Mm. Um, ended up at, um, doing uni and I've always had a bit of a love for architecture. So that's um, what, what I ended up studying. I learned very quickly while I was studying that um, it probably wasn't, wasn't for me. Um, so I decided to sort of get into the e-com space because it was sort of trending at the time, and I just I was pretty keen to get an understanding of, you know, how this online world works. Yeah. 
right? Google was still new back then and social, you know, Facebook didn't even exist. Um, so I started, you know, um, sort of hacking my way through uh, an online business called Boost Vitality. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I built that business up. Um, I was selling online supplements from, from the US. Um, and you know, I was 19 at the time and I got the business humming along doing 19,000 USD. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you, were, you were doing pretty good with that business, right? You, you, yeah. you, can, you make a lot of money when you're young and you can blow a lot of money when you're young as well. But <laughs> yeah. I, I learned a lot. Right. Uh, you know, it taught me the value of, of every dollar that I made. Um, and really from there, I just began my, my, my journey in, in the marketing space. Um, so I built um, and sold a, a number of income businesses. Um, I went to, I went to work for census at the time in corporate, you know, did the whole climbing the corporate ladder and, you know, decided that, you know, after eight years, enough was enough. I needed to go and explore something a bit different. Mm. I went to agency side. The most recent role before I started my own agency was leading an APAC, the strategy director for an APAC-based um, agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I learned a lot, right? I learned the do's and don'ts, the good and the bad, um, you know, a very diverse portfolio of clients. And I said, you know what? I think I've got a better solution for this. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out on my own. And, you know, here I am. So three and a half years in, um, I've built Impressive basically from zero to zero, from zero to $10 million in, mm. in three and a half years. Um, and you know, a team of fifty full-time staff here in here in Melbourne. So, um, you know, it's it definitely hasn't been a, a smooth ride. Um, you know, my theory has always been, you know, I always worked double as hard as anybody else. Someone was doing eight hours, I did sixteen hours, um, just so I can really, you know, go onto my trajectory. Right. Mm. Uh, I know my vision. I know where I'm heading, um, and that's really what you know. And I lead from the front, so my mm. entire business is geared towards that. That's um, awesome. Yeah. But again, it hasn't always been rosy, but it's all yeah. part of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I can see that you're um, you're really driven at the start, that like you, you were very entrepreneurial at the start. You, you had your experience in growing that online business as well. Um, but what was a what was your vision when you started uh, Impressive Digital? Did you have uh, a vision like a five year, ten year, ten year plan in which you wanted to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. Like my, my vision has always been so, you know, I, I love seeing businesses grow through effective performance-driven digital marketing. Mm. Um, and that's always been my vision. I, I find that there's too many, um, you know, too many cowboys in that industry, right? There's all these yeah. full-service shops that do everything and they're like the jack of all trades or master of none. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, they, they, they offer everything. They just try and get the client in. But it's like, well, what are you actually specializing? So my vision has always been to specialize, not generalize. Yeah. Um, and to really help Australian businesses and, and now even global businesses grow through effective uh, performance-driven Know, digital marketing so that that's always been my vision and that's how i um how i've structured the business um, mm. it's always about you know, we're very client centric mm. everything evolves around the clients um and we're you know everything we report on is around roi and, and and you know return advertising spend so the metrics that really you know resonate to a business owner rather than just fluffy metrics that don't really mean anything yeah yeah that's sort of the key to our success and and, and the whole concept around just reverse engineering where the client needs to be and how we're going to get versus just let's just try things and see if they work yeah definitely i think i heard um you you're, you're on another podcast and you were talking about how uh initially you had a um the web design part of your business and you decided to specialize and just let that part go and when you made the decision to specialize in just the social media part um that's when your business started to grow because you were just focusing on your strengths is that correct Absolutely. So yeah. we, you know, when I start, I, I was actually in, I was one of those agencies that started off full wow. service, right? I was, I was doing everything. 
Um, I thought that that's just, you know, that's the agency that I, that was the landscape that I came from and yeah, yeah. that's all I knew. So I, I just decided to, to pursue that path, that, that path. And, you know, I learned within a year of business that that was just a very silly way of going on about my business. Well, I needed to specialize. Mm. So I let go of 30% of my business at the time, which, which, which was the, the web design and development component. Mm. Uh, and I focused on what it was that we were really good at and they were the performance channels. Uh, business in one year tripled. So it was, you know, again, it's a testament. I'm, I'm surrounded by very talented people. My entire, you know, I turned the ship around to really focus on where we were heading. Yeah. Um, and everybody bought into the vision and we were, we were heading as an agency. And as I said, it really just resonated with our clients. And then naturally revenue just was, you know, grew. Because mm. um, the team bought into what I was, where I was taking the company and the culture. And then, you know, that naturally would just, trickle down into the clients and then clients and obviously they were happy and they were seeing great results. They paid more money. So uh, it was a very simple strategy that just paid a lot of dividends. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And um, I can imagine uh, you briefly touched on this before about when you were growing the business, uh, there was a lot of pain and frustrations (laughs) as well. So how did you, what I'm curious, what's your mental, um, what's the mental routine or mental trick that you go through in order to overcome your challenges? Cause everyone, cause I was, I was on a conversation with Lisa as well, Lisa Tay and like, she's got her own little, her own little technique when she overcomes, you know, frustration and pain. So what about yours? Like when you come across a challenge, what do you do? Yeah, look, I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Entrepreneurship is not as rosy as it's made out yeah. to be in the mainstream media, right? It's um, it's a dark road, right? But there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not always, as I've always said, you know, it's not always rosy. There's challenges on a daily basis, right? Um, we go through these ups and downs, right? It's like a yo-yo. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is I've got a very strict morning routine that I follow. Okay. Um, and it's and I've actually spoken to Lisa about this and it's gone viral on, on Facebook. But it's very simple, right? I, 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 I read a book called The 5 a.m. Club. I'm not sure. Yeah, I heard about it. That's Robin Sharma, right? Yeah. That's right. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I, I follow that to a T basically. Well, I mean, I, in fact, one of the, one of the components I go a little bit over, so it's the 20, 20, 20 rule. Mm-hmm. Um, every morning I get up at five, I do 20 minutes of meditation. And as I've always said, it's bloody hard, right? So it took me a little <laughs> bit of time to get there. Just given the, the high energy sort of person that I am, I'm almost moving and always on the go. So it's very hard for me to just sit down and actually focus on, on meditation. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've used a couple of apps over the years that, that, um, that really do, that really do assist. Mm-hmm. And the key to it is to start off slow, like everything. Like, don't go just all in and do 20 minutes. Do start off with three minutes, even one minute, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and gradually get into the routine of meditating. You'll mm-hmm. find that that naturally just clears your mind first thing in the morning. So you're starting on a very um, level ground, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. Secondly, um, exercise. Now, I religiously exercise every morning, um, okay. whether it's doing... Um, you know, some hit training, whether it's doing boxing, whether I'm in the gym doing some weight training, whatever it is, I get the blood flowing um, and just make sure that, you know, you, you get your blood, you, you, your heart rate to a certain point where you're actually sweating a lot. I know it sounds yeah. a bit disgusting, but, you know, it's really key to, to releasing a lot of the good hormones in the, in the brain. Mm. Um, and then the last one is, um, <laughs> it's a bit controversial, but I call it okay. the morning dump. Um, morning dump. I've got to hear about this one. <laughs> It's not, it's not what you're thinking, right? It's, um, it's, it's 20 minutes of me journaling and basically putting everything that's in my head on paper. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs will resonate with this, but we wake up with so many different ideas, right? Mm. Of things that we want to do, problems that we need to solve, tasks that we want to get to. 
Um, so, and I find that like anything in life, right? I need to just clear my head before I start doing anything. Otherwise I'm just scattered throughout the day. Yeah. Right? So I get down on paper. I just, and I start writing things, right? Any thought that's come into my head, anything that I need to get to any urgent tasks, basically any emails that I need to respond to. Right. Mm. And I find that that just really gets me in a, in a, in a, in a mode where I just go, okay, it's all on paper now. Let's start prioritizing what I actually need to do. Yep. And that sets my week for me or more, more even my day. Okay. Um, so that's sort of my routine to overcome, um, I guess, stress and just the day-to-day life of an entrepreneur. Um, mm. And, you know, if something happens throughout the day and you know, I had a pretty terrible week last week, and I'm not going to go into what happened, but, you know, we had some really, you know, we hit some turbulence in the business. Mm. Uh, and I, I find just leaving, literally leaving the office and just going for a walk. Okay. You know, I'm in Cremorne. I just went up to the Yarra. I came back. Um, and you know, mate, I, that for me was just, just released, you know, the, the pressure that I went through and just getting out of the environment that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I just, I regrouped with myself and then I just went into problem solving mode. Mm-hmm. So even just something like that can, can, can really make, you know, make a huge difference rather than just being the grind of a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. Um, so yeah, you seem like a very organized and structured person. Um, so you've got your, you know, you take care of your health. Um, you take care of like your mind as well through your meditation. I love the, the morning dump as well. That's, that's awesome. Um, how about like your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, we should get like a t-shirt on that one or something, you know, <laughs> the morning dump club. Um, okay. So what about in terms of your productivity habits? So let's say that, you know, you've got a new day. Um, how do you, how do you like, you know, get your, how do you get things done? Like, how do you, is there like a routine that you follow or? What's your what's your technique there to get things done? Yeah, I've got a couple of hacks up my sleeve, and okay. I've had you know, a number of people actually reach out to me about this. But my biggest yeah. one is my email. So your email. Uh, I use I use look I, I use Gmail. So after I finish my morning routine, I tend to you know give them a have a shower, get ready, get in the car, come to work. You know I'm here at about sort of seven seven thirty. Mm. Um, now my the process is this: you go through your entire email. You, there's a couple of things that you need to do. If you can reply to the email within two minutes, under two minutes, do so. Otherwise, snooze it to a time where you can. Okay. It's that simple. If I get an email and I can respond to it in under two minutes, I will. And then I'll move it into a folder. Otherwise, I'm going to snooze it to a time where I can actually reply to it. Okay. I only ever check my emails twice a day. Wow, now, twice a day. Twice a day. I've had people go, Really? Mm. Yeah, because you become a slave to your email, right? You become very reactive. Um, I need to I need to focus. When I come into work from nine to to generally nine to six, I'm actually working. I'm doing work, not mm. responding to emails and becoming to re- reactive. Mm. So, first thing in the morning, last thing um, just before I go just before I go home. So yep. an hour before I go home. So maybe five to six, and then between sort of seven seven thirty till eight till eight thirty. Okay. They're the only times I get to check my emails. And the key is to get the email down to zero. Mm. So if you can't reply to it, snooze it and get back to, a, to another time where you can. Okay. Um, look, and if it's urgent, you know, I've just, I've groomed my, you know, my audience into just calling me. You know, if something, you know, if shit's hit the fan and someone mm. needs to get in contact with me, they send me a message or give me a call. Yeah. Um, otherwise, no emails. And mm. my productivity went through the roof. I actually found myself doing work that was paying dividends, not just reacting to, to emails, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
that's one of my biggest hacks. Um, my probably second favorite one, and this is one that I do when I get home, uh, is I've got a you know young family. I've got a little man who's just turning two in next month, um, and I just found that I was not spending a lot of time with him when I got home. Right, I was stuck to my phone. So, and this is extremely hard, but I highly recommend it if someone wants to get away from their digital devices. So I place my phone in a cupboard on silence the minute I walk in the door and I don't touch it again until I get, get up in the morning at five. Wow. So as soon as you get home, you put your phone in the cupboard. As soon cupboard. as I get home. So I get home roughly about 6.37. Mm-hmm. My phone goes into a cupboard um, on silence and I don't look at it again until I get up in, in the morning. That's a... Uh... That's tremendous discipline right there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bloody hard, right? Um, I, you know, I think to myself, well, the growth that my son is going through at the moment and the time that I get with him is very valuable. I'm never going to get that again. So what's more important, my social media and my LinkedIn and my emails or spending time with my little guy who really, by the time I get home at seven, he goes down at 8.30. I've got an hour and a half. With him. So, you know, by the time I bath him and, you know, feed him and, you know, um, read, read him a little book before he goes to sleep. Yeah. That's for me an hour and a half that is extremely valuable, right? So mm. I've made the decision to, you know, and look, I'm not going to lie, it doesn't always happen, but at least five days out of the seven, mm. that's pretty much how I how, how I live, right? Because yeah. um, I do have, you know, urgent things that come up and I need to speak to people or whatever else, but mm. I'm, 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 I've become very disciplined in really putting my phone in that, um, in, in that cupboard to allow mm. me to spend time with the family and, 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 and my little man. Yeah, that's really good. Um, you're actually mindful of taking care of your family because uh, a lot of people who you know have businesses, they just get wrapped up in it and they forget the family. They forget why the building. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's good how you've noticed that and, and you're putting instructions in place to you know to take care of your family. So that's amazing. Um, and it is it is extremely hard, uh, but I think if you're disciplined and you're very tough on yourself, you can, mm. you can make it happen. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so um, I can imagine that the people who listening to this um you, you mentioned before that you, you hit the the 10 million mark um in annual revenue it only took about two years i think two or three years for impressive digital um yeah three 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 took over just over the three year mark yeah yeah that's amazing like that's really hard to achieve um especially when you're a startup as well so what was it like in the first year of, of business i'm just curious what did you do like i can just imagine maybe you working off kitchen table just making all these cold calls or something or what happened i'm just it was uh it was crazy yeah it was ugly um so i worked in a in a co-working space i don't have one of those bedroom stores so i i went out and i i found myself a bedroom uh sorry a um a co-working space in richmond um and you know it was a grind right i was doing 18 20 hour days at one stage i was sleeping in a sleeping bag in in the office right um because i my, my theory was you know, as I said, it's very simple. If I, if my competitor was doing eight hours, I needed to do 16. Now, some would argue that you burn out after eight. I get that's bullshit. If you really mm. wanted it, yeah. make it happen, right? Yeah. So, you know, so I, I did, I wanted to build a business that was um, successful, that was, you know, fruitful, that I could nurture, that I could really grow into something, something special. And you know, my theory at the time was, well, if it was going to take me six years to get to 10 million, I needed to do it in three. So whatever it took, I had I, I, nothing got in my way. Um, you know, for me, sleep, you know, great. Yes, we need it, but we can sleep when we're dead, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'll, I'll work every minute as I can until you know, um, and, until I die. So 
Um, to some people, that just sounds absolutely ridiculous. To me, you know what? It's paid dividends. So I think it's not for everybody. Um, you know, so, but again, I did. I, I, I burnt myself out, right? So there was a bit of a learning curve. And now I don't do 18 hours, but I might do 12. You know, um, depending on you know, depending on when I get up and how much work I do and what's required and all that sort of, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, um, it was the first year was really really hard, right? Because I was the salesperson making the calls and closing the deals. I was the yeah. person that was running the campaign. I was the building them to a payroll. You know, I was the person. I was the business. I didn't have, I didn't hire anybody. Um, you know, six years in, I mean, sorry, six months in, I hired my first intern who's still with me today, you know, um, three, mm. three and a half years in. So um, I I got the six months mark and I thought to myself, you know, I I can't do this anymore. I need some help, you know. Um, hired an intern, she grew, and then, you know, basically the first, in the first year we're at maybe five or six people. Okay. Um, and you know, I managed to get to the to get the business to to, to two million dollars in the first in the first year, which was wow. a bloody hustle. That's that's impressive, yeah. And, and then we and then we literally and then I dumped the web design as I said, we tripled, mm. um, and then we were basically on our way. Um, so, you know, I made some good decisions at the right time in business. Um, I worked my bloody ass off. I would never never ever claim that I'm anywhere near a good businessman, but one thing I do claim is I work bloody hard. Mm. Like, and I know where I need to be. I can see it. I've got a vision. My team um, believes in it, and, and that's why they're here. Um, and you know, we're on our way. So um, I, I think you know the biggest advice is don't. I always said this. You know, don't live in this what if world. You know, what if something happens? That's not an option. You know, failure to me is not an option. Mm. Just if you really believe in what you're building and the product that you that you sell. Um, you need to really own it and, and put your ass on the line. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. Um, okay, so you just you I think you briefly mentioned that you're working incredibly hard. Like, so you're looking back over the past three years. Would that be the one determining factor of, of that successful three years? Is just working working damn hard. Um, that's that's probably the it's probably I would say seventy percent. Seventy percent. Yep. All yeah, the other thirty percent is, is, is who you surround. And with and the mentors that you have around you, um, and you know something that I did well at the start was, was a lot of networking. Right, I got to meet people of different business sizes. You know, and I got myself into networking groups to really understand you know the, the dynamics of business. Right, um, mm. I, I knew what I knew, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So I really wanted to get exposure to other businesses and other agencies and how they operate, and you know, learn from their mistakes. Mm. <laughs> so um, that probably was the other, um, you know, really the, the other thirty percent of that. Um, well, actually, probably twenty percent, and then the other ten percent is a lot of just building my own knowledge base, right? Okay. So reading, reading different books. You know, I'm a big fan of scaling up. Big fan of traction. Um, two great books um, for anybody that's sort of starting out. Um, so you know, it was it, it was those those three things that really got me, I reckon, to 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 to, to where we are. Um, mm. You know, my ego is completely out of the way. I'll never say that I know everything because I don't. And I don't believe that anybody in business, I don't care how big you are, um, you can ever get to a point where you know everything. You always need to grow and you always need to learn. So yeah. you, you need to expose, you know, and be vulnerable, right? You've got to live that ego wall down. Because mm. I just find a lot of entrepreneurs, their ego gets in the way. Mm. Right? Who are you to tell me how to run my business? Well, it's like, well, you know, if, even if you get 1% from that person and 1% from that person, that's 2% that you didn't know. Yeah. So... You know, and it can be a game changer. Mm, that's amazing. I, I remember hearing, um, yeah, Lisa Tate talking about that as well. She said, 
that um, she let go of the ego as well. And then she was able to network with other people. And it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's actually, it holds you back, isn't it? Like when you have that. Absolutely. Look, I think as, as humans, it's pretty natural to just have an ego and, you know, let, let ego get in the way. And I think it takes a certain discipline to really just, first of all, acknowledge the fact that this is your ego getting in the way. Mm. Secondly, letting the ego down and opening and being vulnerable and just letting yourself learn. Mm. Um, it's not easy, you know, like I think it's, it's, it's quite hard, especially for, you know, so-called entrepreneurs, right? Everybody's called themselves an entrepreneur these days. And, um, you know, when you give yourself that title, I think your ego definitely gets in the way. And it's that discipline of acknowledging it, getting it out of the way and being vulnerable. Yeah, okay. How about skills? Um, what's the one skill that you would say that was really effective in those three years of growing growing your business? One skill. Yeah, that's uh, the one skill that yeah. was extremely valuable. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I think um, the art of selling is... Mm is extremely important you know i'm a big believer in that you know sales is one of the main arteries to any successful business if you haven't got a well-oiled sales team that you know are very skillful and actually understand how to do proper discovery calls use different methodologies challenge a prospect and really understand what their challenges are and what their needs are mm. i think you're, you're really doomed you know? yeah. and i know that this is a bit you know, and, I, and I'm pretty firm about this, you know, something, you know, one of the, the key skills that I think that I, I've, I've mastered over the years is, is the art of selling, mm. right? And um, prospecting, understand how to speak different, different target markets, understand how to speak different personalities. You know, I'm very big on doing, you know, disc profiling, understanding in my head straight away, I can, I can basically in the first 30 seconds identify what sort of personality I'm talking to and I adapt to that personality. Mm. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a skill that takes, years to develop um you can't just you know all of a sudden wake up tomorrow and go you know i've just learned the skill of how to sell to, to, to different people yeah um and that's something that i train my my sales team on right is, is how mm. to you know be able to, to be on the same level as the person that you're speaking to mm. um if you're speaking to a creative person you need to be a bit more creative if you go analytical you've lost them you speak mm. to an analytical person and you start going creative and you've lost them right so yeah. you speak to a driver or someone that's very dominant so you need to be able to adapt to different personality types and that's a, a, a very hard skill to master and i haven't mastered it mm. but i think i'm getting pretty close to 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 to, to, to getting there okay um, and that's definitely helped me throughout my entire journey and my entire career yeah yeah i 100 agree i think sales is everything um, learning how to talk to people, how to you know close deals and, and book appointments, all that stuff is it's just incredible. Um, That's right. Well, there's yeah, no yeah. deals, there's no business, right? If you can't, yeah. you know, if you, if you can't close deals and, and and really just build up that that pipe, well, yeah, you can have the best product in the world, you can have the best service, and no one knows about it. Well, yeah, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. How about, um, but before, before you became really good at sales, what happened before that? Did you get some experience in, I don't know, selling retail or something or what, like did you read some books? Yeah. So through my career in, um, in, in corporate, or well, actually when I was, um, uh, when I was very, very young, when I was running my online stores, I started selling in retail, you know, just okay. to get some, some experience and, you know, just maybe even face-to-face selling. Mm. That definitely taught me a lot. <clears throat> then I started the career in corporate. I started in sales. Um, I was doing sales for probably about five years of the eight years that I was there. Okay. Um, and, you know, when you work for a massive corporate like that, they've got all sorts of training and resources. You know, we were doing Harvard accredited sales techniques and account management techniques and different sales methodologies and, 
you know, so they really invested a lot into us. And I, I, I have to say that that really attributed to probably where I am today and, and, yeah, and yeah. a lot of things and skills that I've learned. Um, in addition to that, I just like to do my own learnings. You know, yeah. I read, as I mentioned, I read, you know, a lot of books and I watch a lot of videos and, you know, webinars and, um, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. So mm-hmm. I think you always have to be, you're always going to be learning, right? You're always yeah. going to be growing. Um, um, and, and, and that's, that's very important. You know, I, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people get stuck. Well, actually 95% of people live in this comfort zone mm. and to get to grow, you actually got to start getting into the fear zone and no one wants to feel fear, right? It's ugly. It's uncomfortable, mm. but that's the only way to get the growth. You know, so if you want to grow, you got to step out of the comfort zone into the fear zone, really challenge yourself. And then from there, you'll, you'll, you start growing on a daily basis. And I think too many people get complacent. Mm. You know, they, they don't want to. They don't want to enter the comfort zone because that's all they know. That's where they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think the stat is like seriously, like 90, 95 or ninety eight percent of people like always sit in this comfort zone and yeah. don't want to challenge themselves. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's, that's um, where growth happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think you you got that when you were growing up as well. Like you you seem like a very driven person, so that's naturally in you, right? Like you wanted mm-hmm. to start that online business, and you were just driven to just succeed and. And you seemed like a very competitive person as well, right? So, um, extremely to... competitive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you do your um, strengths finder, the strengths finder test as well? Like, uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Like, there's a top five strengths. So, I'm thinking maybe you're a competitive type of person. That's that's your strengths, right? So, um, I, I am pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, pretty... yeah, yeah. And, and your dispersonality profile, you're probably a dominant, dominant influential. I'm a, D, I'm a, I'm a high DI. High D, DI. Yeah, yeah. I'm a DI as yeah, well. I'm so, a, cool. I'm a high, high, high DI. Awesome. They're yeah. very direct. Um, all about results, getting things done, tick things off the list as well. Just get shit done, right? I, I yeah. don't, don't, don't fly around and take your sweet ass time doing things. Um, yeah. I think it's all about, you know, the, the rapid growth that we went through. Um, I couldn't have done that if I was sitting there and pondering over making a decision, mm. right? I'm very, I act very fast. I make very fast decisions. Um, you know, 90% of the times that they, you know, the decisions that I make are, are the right decisions, 10% off, but I can live with that. Right. Mm. Um, but I've, I'm very quick at calculating and making quick educated decisions um, rather than sitting there and taking time to think about something and, and then make a decision because guess what? Someone else in the same space has already made that decision has moved on. So mm. that's probably where my competitiveness comes in as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So there's a lot of, um, yes, yeah, there's a lot of CEOs and, and really high powered executives, um, you know, high D personality types influential as well. But the opposite of that is the very steadies, the conscientious people, you know, very analytical. They take their time to talk to other people before they execute and stuff. But, and I can imagine that can get really frustrating as well. Um, on your end, like how would you, how would you deal with these type of people? Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny actually. Cause my, my operations manager is exactly that. Yeah. We, we are like, you know, we're complete opposite. Right, we, we're complete opposite, and sometimes we just disagree, right? Yeah. Um, but I've learned, I think, because I've been working with him now for nearly two years, I've learned to adapt to his personality style. Mm. You know, he's all about the data, the facts, and the things, yeah. right? Before he makes a move. Um, and I do have a little bit of that in me. Um, you know, I do get pretty analytical at times where I really need to understand the key metrics to make a decision. So, I guess to that degree, um, we do get along, but sometimes I'm just like, mate, Brett, I just need to make a decision. I need to make yeah. a decision now. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, he's like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Let me get all the stats and numbers before no, we no, can no, make no, a no. Hey. So, you know, just I guess 
this is where I guess you can sort of use your, you know, your power to a certain degree and go, it's my decision. I'm making it. Roll it out. Um, so, you know, I don't bulldoze over people, although, you know, given the high D in me, that tends to be the case. Um, mm. I've learned to just acknowledge that again, take a bit of a step back. But when I do need to make a decision, I just make the decision, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, working and managing people like that is, is hard, um, especially if you are a high D. Um, and I think it's just understanding, you know, their perspective, acknowledging it, but still getting what you want. <laughs> mm, mm, that's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about, um, how about, uh, you briefly touched on this. What about rec recommended books as well? Before we get into the business side of things, what about uh, recommended books? Yeah. So scaling up, as I mentioned, is, is, yep. is a big one. Um, the 5am club, um, uh, traction is, is another one that I am, um, uh, currently reading. Yep. Uh, um, just trying to think of some of the most recent ones that I've, I think you were uh, into Tony Robbins as well. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into, I'm into Tony Robbins. Yeah. yeah I, okay. I listen to, I'll, I'll probably listen to a lot more of his stuff than I, that, that I do read. Um, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek as far as, um, you know, as far as his, his disciplines and what he talks about, I, a lot of what he says really resonates with me. Um, this is an oldie, but a goodie. Um, think and Grow think and grow Rich mm. uh, by Napoleon Hill. You know, I'm, I'm a, it's, a, it's a hard read, but I think I've read it a couple of times and you know, a lot of stuff in there re resonates with me. Um, uh, the other one is uh, by Felix Dennis, and it's, um, it's How to Get Rich. Yeah, yeah, the money one, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a good read as well, and it's okay. um, it's yeah, it's definitely up there. You okay. know, a couple of oldies, but it's like you know the eighty twenty principle. Um, uh, an easy read is probably Build to Sell. Um, that was actually the book that influenced me to ditch thirty percent of my business when I first started. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, Build to Sell. Highly recommend that one. Actually, who's who's um, author of that one again? That was uh, John. Uh, what was it? Yeah, I've seen uh, the cover of the book. Yeah, it's a yeah, um, yeah. John, it's, John, someone. I can't, I can't remember, but it's John, John, someone built to sell. Yeah. Look, you, you can look it yeah, up. It's, on a, any, any it's a picture of a building or something. I remember seeing the book cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's blue and blue and white with yeah. just big writing that says "built to sell." Yeah. Uh, uh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So There's uh, some of my uh, yeah, some of my faves. Nice, nice. Thanks for that. Okay, let's talk about um, Impressive Digital. Um, so what are you currently offering to the marketplace? I believe you're specializing in a certain area in social media marketing, is that correct? And yep, Yeah, so, the, so it's, paid, it's SEO, um, performance, excuse me, performance media, so paid social and SEM. Um, yeah. And we've just, excuse me, we've just found a, a big need from our clients um, around um, personalization and marketing automation. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's now becoming one of our um, special specialist services, if you like. And you know, my my the way that I'm building my ecosystem is I've got impressive as a performance media agency, and then I'm basically building up specialist agency that can take care of all the other services, so okay. I don't dilute my brand. Um, so my biggest, the newest venture on the on the cards at the moment that is up and up and running. Um, it's again another division of impressive with its own people, its own specialist is going to be marketing automation. And, you know, really, you know, the topic there, and I did an event about this last two weeks ago with Google and um, uh, Google and HubSpot, is around personalizing the customer experience. And so we're finding that 
our services are great for getting traffic um, into, you know, into landing pages or into websites or whatever it may be and generating leads. But then it's like, well, where does all that go? Mm. What's that ecosystem that it goes into and how to personalize the customer experience? Um, it's a very, very big topic at the moment. And it's like, you know, we're finding some very big numbers around, you know, what the consumer is telling us, you know, like there's some recent studies that were done by Deloitte and they're finding that, you know, eight out of 10 customers, 80% of people will actually switch to a competitor due to poor customer experience. Yeah. Wow. Pretty crazy stuff, right? Yeah. So as marketers, we really need to take that into consideration when we, you know, when we're looking at every Facebook post, every Google ad, every email that's being sent out, whatever it may be, to, to really make sure that that person, that experience is personalized to each individual. It's not just a, you know, one approach to the entire database. Mm. Um, so, so you know, we're starting with big data, to, is that right? You're dealing with big data? Where pretty much, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, collecting a lot of data, segmenting it, understanding it, you know, and using it to, to, to our um, advantage, I guess, to be able to market better and, and, and get better performance out of all our performance channels. So although we specialize in these performance channels, you know, we find that it's heavily influenced by, you know, what happens post the engagement or post the conversion. Um, and it influences then the repeat purchase and, and, and all that, right, and loyalty and so on. So, mm. you know, we're never going to go full service, um, but I will be building out specialist agency that support um, every part of the overall customer journey. Mm. Amazing. So I've got, yeah, I've got a lot on my plate at the moment, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, I'm sure you get there. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, okay. So I noticed that um, social media is changing as well as, as you're, I'm sure that you're aware um, with Instagram algorithms are changing uh, yeah. Facebook as well. And there's also TikTok out there. What, what, yeah. from your perspective, what's the current state of social media? Where, where do you see it um, forming in the next few years? Yeah, look, it's, it's very simple, right? These, but you know, Facebook, TikTok, any of these platforms, they're businesses, right? They need to make money. So, mm. you know, the way that I see it is they've given us a bit of a taste for a few years mm. through the organic reach and, and, and to demonstrate the capabilities and what the, the strength of this platform and what they can do to a business. And now they're like, well, enough's enough, right? We, we need to start charging for this, right? And we need to make some money. Mm. So it's now, you know, pay to play. So you, you, want, you want the same reach, you want the same impressions, you want to be able to get in front of the audience that you used to be able to get to, you're going to have to pay for it. So I think it's a smart strategy as far as what Zuckerberg has even done around, you know, given access to such a free platform, he's collected, mate, billions of data signals, yeah, billions yeah. of them. Right? And now he's using it to his advantage to make money, right? So it's like any business, right? He's, he's, he's dangled a carrot. He's gone, here you go. This is what, you know, what these platforms can do. And mm. businesses have grown and, you know, they've made millions and millions of dollars from these platforms, right? Mm. And now it's like, well, thank you very much, but now we're going to make some money from this. So mm. I think over time, we'll find that organic is just basically going to die. That's mm. my prediction. Okay. Um, and you want the same reach and the, the same amount of eyeballs you're going to have to pay for it. Mm, interesting. So you reckon it's going to be moving on to uh, some sort of subscription service or something or like, yeah, um, I just think you're, you're, it's that's... like, you know, we run a lot of Facebook ads, you know, we spend, like, we manage millions of dollars a month at the moment for, mm. for, for, for a lot of clients and um, you know, it's Prices going up or yeah. 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 Well, the more competitive it becomes, right. The more, mm. the more expensive it becomes. It's like Google when they first started off, right? I remember when, with AdWords, you know, I used to get clicks at like 20, 30 cents. Mm. Now the same click I'm paying $30 for. Mm. Um, so as competition grows, the cost goes up. Um, that's their model, right? It's a lot of it is a pay-per-click model. So, um, and the way that the auctions 
uh, structured or the algorithms work is the more competitive it becomes, depending on the time of day and so on, the more expensive the, the click is. Um, so, yeah, I think probably not a, a subscription as such, but I think it will just become, you know, if, you know like boosted posts, sponsored posts, writing Facebook funnels, um, and really just paying to, 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 to get the same reach impressions and so on. Mm. Um, I think it's really where it's going to, where it's going to end up. Yeah. Could be wrong, but that's the trend and that's where I'm seeing it. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. So, um, what about, um, like for, for your clients, let's say that I've, I don't know anything about, um, like social media. I just launched my, my business. How can I benefit from your services? Like what, what steps do you think I should take to grow my business? Yeah, it's a good question. I've always, I'm always, um, because I've been through this myself, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. advantage of being a marketer, but I always say there's a lot of free things out there that you can do yourself as a business owner, right? It's, okay. you know, creating content doesn't cost anything, mm. right? You can write your own blogs, you can do your own videos, you know, you can do your own podcasts. Mm. Um, and I think for me, try not to sell anything. And it's, it's probably going to be contradicting to what I said earlier, but <laughs> as you're starting out, you need to create content and become a bit of a thought leader in the industry. Mm. Um, and own that space and the more content that you produce around educating your audience naturally the more leads that you're going to generate so if you can just think about not selling and educating the more you can educate someone and just drench them with value the more that they're actually going to just sell themselves right they're going to come mm. to you and say we basically want these these services and that's really how i how i started off right is i just i produced so much content i educated everybody mm. that i that within, within my network and my network grew and it grew and it grew and I kept drenching them with more value, giving mm. them free things and tips and things that they can do on their own. Mm. Um, and then as it grew and they grew as a business, they went to a point where we were, we've got enough money now to engage my services. Um, you know, to be frank, we, we don't sort of deal with businesses that are doing under a million dollars in revenue and that's not being cocky. It's just, we can't, we just, they would not be able to afford us. Right. Yeah. So, and I say up to a million, there's a lot of things that you can do to get to that point without engaging an agency and paying for services, right? So mm. I think for, for a lot of startups and, 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 and businesses that are trying to get off the ground, and a lot of them are bootstrapping it, you know, you have to be very careful with your marketing dollars. You know, mm. Be very careful with who you engage as an agency because there are a lot of cowboys out there. And there's, as I said, there's a lot of things that you can do for free. Um, you know, there's YouTube alone, you know, that's like an encyclopedia of information. Yeah, You yeah. can Google YouTube anything and you'll find an answer. Right, um, and I and I'm also a big believer for anybody starting out is you need to learn what it is that you're about to engage in. If you're about to engage in an SEO company, go and do some reading, understand what SEO is. Um, you want to do some Facebook advertising, go and learn it and understand what it's all about. I'm not suggesting you need to do it yourself, but at least understand what it is that you're about to engage, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't want to be taken for a ride. So I think, yeah, that's probably the biggest advice I can give for any startups that are, that are sort of trying to get from that zero to 1 million. Once mm -hmm. you get close to 1 million, you've got a little bit of cash to work with. Um, and then it's just about investing in the right channels. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So it's all about uh, just testing, testing things first, um, learning about SEO, learning about creating content, try out all these free tools first, and then just, um, and then you build like a knowledge base, right? And then you execute and then that that's how you get smarter. And then you approach people like yourself. Exactly. And, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, don't get to a point, I think, where you invest too much time in it because your time is more valuable building the business rather than trying to learn a different discipline. But I think it's always good to just understand what it is that you're about to engage into. Mm -hmm. So you've got an understanding of going to the blind. You know? Yeah. Okay. No worries. Um, okay. 
What about um, if you were to go into like a time machine and you talk to your younger self, right? Um, what would be the one thing that you'll say to your younger self? It's a bit of a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> interesting That's a question. That's yeah. a very tricky um, The one thing that I would say to myself is... Yeah. From what you've experienced. Look, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't have regrets in life, but I do wish that I, when I was making a lot of money when I was younger, that I invested it, understood it wisely. Um, you know, I made a lot of money when I was younger and I blew a lot of money very quickly as well. Um, so if I had to go back in time, I'll tell myself to learn the value of money. Um, you know, I see a lot of younger entrepreneurs that start out in their 20s, especially the younger 20s, that can make a lot of cash and they end up going and blowing it on stuff that's pointless, right? Mm. So I think, you know, depending on, again, why you're doing it, it's very important to just understand how you're investing that money and how it's making you more money rather than just wasting it on, you know, just crap, you know, mm. um, meaningful, you know, um, meaningful things instead. So I think if I had to go back in time and, you know, tell myself something, it's, you know, really just understand the value of money and, and, and use that money to invest to make more money. And I think I probably would have been in a different position right now, right? But, you know, you learn and you live. Yeah. You live and you learn. You live and learn. There you go. And what about um, some money money tips? What, what money tips? <coughs> like uh, learn how to invest in the stock market or real estate or what would it be? I'm just curious. I hate the stock market. I yeah. think it's gambling. Um, a lot okay. of very, very You're not a stock market person. Okay. A lot of people disagree with me there, but I just don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Uh, I've doubled with it. Um, and I just... Yeah, it's, it's not my thing. Not um, I'm a big believer in investing in dirt. I think that's where um, I've built a lot of my wealth as well as a property. Mm. Um, you know, you can't really stuff it up if you've got, you know, half a brain. Yeah. You can do your own research and, you, you know, you can, you can pick pockets around, you know, uh, whether Australia or overseas that are in growth mode or, you know, have just gone through a massive dip and they're about to go up again. Mm. Um, if you can pick your suburbs and your areas and, um, and and do your research, there's a lot of money to be made in property, right? Um, mm. Just look at the rich list, you know, top 10, they're all in property. Yeah. So, well, not all of them, there's a couple in tech, but, um, you know, there's a lot of money to be made, I think, in, in, in the property space. And that mm. tends to be where I just, where I invest my, where, where I invest my money. Um, so, yeah, there, there's some, some money tips. I think as you start building your wealth as well, you can start exploring you know, with these different, you know, in my space, different agencies, I invest in different agencies, um, a little bit of tech, not too much. Um, but I try not to diversify too much. I stick to what I know. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so uh, what about one more question? Like, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? Like, um, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, it's a very good question. So um, I'm building, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that ecosystem of agencies. Um, sure. And you know, I we're just we're about to open an office in Austin. Well, actually, it's sort of open. It's launching in January, so I probably in, in five years I'll, I'll see myself doing a lot of uh, a lot of traveling. Just you know, I'll, you know, Austin first, so the US, then we're going to the UK and then Asia. Yeah. So I'll probably see myself traveling, you know, all over the globe. I guess just managing the different the different agencies. Um, yeah, so it's a global expansion or global domination, as I call it. Um, <laughs> cool probably where I see myself in the next, in the next five years. Um, I love the property game. So I'll probably be doing a lot of work in, in, in that space as well. A lot of developments. Um, so that's, that's more of like a passion for me. I think just given I don't know, maybe my architectural background, I've got a bit of a, a bit of passion for, for property. Um, yeah. So that's probably where my focus is going to be is, is more, um, you know, out of the business 
and growing and, and I guess working on it rather than in it. Um, and then just growing out our, um, our, our different agencies and, and, and specialist agencies. Mm, awesome. Maybe uh, I'll give you a call in, in about five years and I'm sure you know, you'll, be, you'll be jetting <laughs> somewhere. Sure I am. <laughs> Done. Awesome. Okay. So how can people get in contact with you? Uh, look, best way is like, I'm happy to give out my email or, or LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, you can find me under Robert Tadros or my email, which is robert at impressive.com.au. Um, so either way, I'm pretty active on, on LinkedIn. You'll, um, you know, I'll post a lot and um, I do a few hacks here and there. Mm. Um, so feel free to follow me on, 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 on the, on the platform. Um, yeah. otherwise, you know, click me an email. Um, I, but I'll only get to it either in the morning or, in the, or, or at night. So keep that in mind. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, what, what was the name of the podcast, by the way? Uh, the impressive marketer impressive marketer beautiful okay no worries well uh yeah thanks a lot for your time i really appreciate it uh for sharing your your expertise your wisdom um i know that you know we covered a lot of great things like you you get a lot of great advice to startups as well we had a look at your mindset um i love what you said about the you know your 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 routine on um you know checking emails only twice a day and when you get home you just put the the, you know your phone in the cupboard and, and you go you know tend to your kids and, and your family that's that's amazing um yeah, yeah so yeah i just re, you know uh thank you very much for your time and i wish you all the best for future endeavors and Pleasure. Um, thanks for having me yeah you'll be out there and, and conquering the world so there you go <laughs> awesome thank all you right. it's been a pleasure. awesome thanks man cool cheers, cheers, guys. cheers. All right. <laughs>